0: Lock Talk Radio.
1: And I'm in the nap. And it don't take no X-ray to see right through my smile. I know. I'll be on the go. And it ain't no drink out there that can numb my soul. Oh no. All we wanna do is take the chains off. All we wanna do is break the chains off. All we wanna do is be free. All we wanna do is be free. All we wanna do is take the chains off. All we wanna do is break the chains off. All we wanna do is be free. All we wanna do. Is- Can you tell me why? Every time I step outside, I see my niggas die. All right. Kill my soul. Oh no. All we want
2: to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. If you are a regular listener to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates. Anytime we start with that somber intro, uh, unfortunately, we've lost a life we would like to recognize on the Mental Dialogue talk show. Those out there who may be familiar with the Nate Wood execution in Alabama on Friday night, if you were a follower of the Mental Dialogue page, we were definitely pushing and asking people to call the governor and write letters, which I did, in hopes of maybe saving a brother from execution. If you have not familiar with the Nate Woods. Case highly recommend that you look it up, um, just to give a little backdrop, and we'll get into this morning show. But again, anytime we start with the J Cole intros, just an unfortunate reminder that unfortunately, at least in our opinion on this show, we live in two different Americas, and so just an unfortunate reminder of again a, a, a loss of a life we would like to recognize. But Nate Woods, again, just to give a little context, um, executed for um since supposedly the killing of three cops and back in 2004 cops came to pick him up on a misdemeanor warrant pickup and as they came to pick him up someone in the house ended up shooting four cops killing three he took off running apprehended and not only did the shooter get the death penalty, but Nate Woods, in my opinion, through lack of good counsel, ended up with the death penalty as well. And the shooter, on record says, I acted on my own. He was accused of conspiring with the shooter to draw the police in, and that's, in a sense, why the prosecutor at that time went after Nate Woods as well. A lot of the in my opinion, based on the research that I've looked at, a lot of discrepancies probably with a life that, with more investigation, you may have someone where justice was not served. And as Thurgood Marshall, long-time Supreme Court member, opponent of the death penalty, myself being one, said if there's a mistake made in this case, there is no retribution. So, again, just wanted to acknowledge it. You can definitely go on the page, do more research. Again, sorry for the summer start, but this is what we always do when we lose a life that, in a sense, no life, in a sense, is more important than another. But the Nate Wood case, in my opinion, is worthy of note. I wanted to acknowledge that unfortunate loss. And I'll say this, and we'll get started with this morning's show. And to the extent that the calls, the letters, there was a stay of execution for about an hour. We got a little excited. Only to find out an hour later, the Supreme Court lifted the stay, and unfortunately, Nate Wood lost his life at 9 01 on Friday. All right, with that said, let's get started with this morning's mental dialogue discussion question. What are your greatest fears when it comes to money? I am fortunate enough to have Latrice Ross, my quite often co host, who rides with me, and we have a special guest. With us as well, Ashley Thomas. Again, sorry this morning, Queens, for the summer start, but we want to at least acknowledge the unfortunate loss of Nate Woods, at least in my opinion, an unfortunate loss. If, if you, if y'all are familiar with it and want to say something, that's fine as well. Matris, I'll definitely start with you. Thank you, Queen, for riding with me Uh this morning as we get started with this morning's discussion question. What are your greatest fears when it comes to money? Thank you, Queen, for being with us. Say hello to the truth seekers. Say hello to Ashley. And, again, if you want to say something real quickly about Nate Woods, feel free to give you a a little bit of your background, and and let's get started with this morning's discussion.
3: Okay. Good morning. Happy Saturday, everyone. I am thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to discuss this topic because it's a very important topic, um, particularly for our community when there is such a gap with with wealth. Um, As it relates to Nathaniel Woods, it was, I feel, a travesty, a miscarriage of justice but it just shows that when it comes to our community, justice for most of us, it, it, there is no justice. Um, and it, it saddened me. I have several friends who really focus on black-on-black crime, and I'm like, that you're spewing white supremacy hatred. Um, and I know that's not about, that's another show, but I think that um, the moment of silence, the, the somber entrance was definitely deserving. This is a man who died, um, who, was, who was murdered. By the state of Alabama. He was innocent. Um, He didn't shoot and kill anyone. Um, But Alabama is known for that. If you're a part of a crime um, where someone is killed, then you can be charged um, with murder. And we saw that, and we saw that murder carried out by the state of Alabama. But it just shows life in the South hasn't really changed very much when you really dig into the layers.
1: And let me,
2: let me just throw this in because you say that. Just a little quick point, and we'll get to ask and get this show started. Um, but as a legal studies major, I'm fine with an accomplice when we decide, if you and I, Latrice, decide to commit a crime and somebody is killed, even though that may not have been the intentions, and let's say I shot him and you didn't, I'm cool with the accomplice also getting charged with the same thing. I'm cool as a legal studies major. That I understand. In this situation, it was, from what I understand, he was being picked up on a misdemeanor warrant charge. So this is not an idea that we're going to commit crime here. He just runs away. I will say the way it was put out, just to even give this clarity, because we'd like to get clear information that there was from those who were trying to save him, it was put out, and, and from what I understand, that he actually surrendered and then this took place. At least that's how it seemed to come out. But as I researched, he kind of ran as it happened, which is still understandable. The police coming to get you, you run. Um, but if somebody ends up getting killed in that scenario, you know it wasn't you and this accomplice tried to commit a crime together. They just came to pick you up and you run. And somebody on their own decides, unfortunately, to kill these cops. That should be the culprit, at least well, in my opinion. So I just wanted to give that quick well, think Go ahead, Queen. Because again, this is worthy. Yeah, of, this is worthy of discussion as we get to this morning. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go
3: ahead, Queen. I think that's where laws like that get distorted, because in the sense they can say that he was in the act of committing a crime, whether they planned to do it together or whether it right, unfurled, unplanned. Um, that's fair. Because he was running, he was committing a crime.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Without, well, we'll we'll table that again. I don't want to make that a discussion, but it was definitely just i because right,
4: this too hurt by it, to is too important
2: topic. Yeah, it yeah, It is. It is. Let's get right topic. into it. Thanks. All right, Ashley, we had you waiting, so sorry about that, Queen. Thank you, Ashley Thomas, for being with us. Uh, thank yeah. you again. This is yeah. What are your greatest fears when it comes to money, if you will? Say hello to all our truth seekers out there and give a little bit of your background <laughs> specifically as it relates to this topic as we get this this morning's discussion started. Go ahead, Queen.
5: Okay, well, good morning, everyone. Happy Saturday. Uh, My name is Ashley, and I am the owner of Making Money Matter, LLC. Um, I have been obsessed with personal finance probably for a while. Um, I really got my start in finance doing taxes uh, right out of college, and I was the one person at my job that would always be doing spreadsheets and helping people with their budgets, talking to them about credit cards, their credit score, all of that. And it just kind of morphed into something more when I started working in the 401K industry and talking to employees about their plans, making sure that they understand them. Uh, And it has kind of just grown from there after I've gone through my own extreme personal finance story, I think.
2: Hey, love it. So we basically have an expert on everybody that's out there listening. Again, this morning's discussion question, what are your greatest fears when it comes to money? We're going to go to a very quick break. Again, sorry for the start. Again, it was just worthy of Knowledge in Nathaniel Woods, loss of life, and so that's kind of how we started. We're going to go to a very quick break. When we come back, we're going to get started with this morning's discussion question. I see some of you out there on the line if you want to get in this morning because you can ask your questions as well as we get into this morning's discussion. What are your greatest fears when it comes to money? Again, glad to have on Ashley Thomas, a personal finance coach, as well as my co-host, Patrice Ross. We'll be right back for all I ask is that you think.
6: If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
2: Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour.
6: I like those. What's their IG?
2: At moneymotivation.co.
6: But do they have any ladies gear? Yes,
2: you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we
7: can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go
1: everywhere.
2: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host Montoya Smith, A.K.A. Black Sagittae, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. Our special guest on the line with us this morning, Ashley Thomas. For this morning's discussion, question: What are your greatest fears when it comes to money? So we're going to jump right in, Ashley. Again, thank you for being with us. As you was as you started again, giving your background, say this is something that you always kind of had an interest in, and you've taken it uh, in a sense to the next level if you will and again glad to have you on. Uh as I told you, you know, in a sense prior to coming on, I say this is an area and you and you, you and I've kind of talked about this. Uh, Ashley did me throw this out there. She was fortunate enough when we had our first um generational wealth webinar. She was actually one of our webinar instructors uh, specifically, when it came to, for example, the uh, understanding the stock market. And so, as I got to know Ashley and realize, wow, she has a vast amount of information. And people are always promoting, hey, you know, here get you get your finances correct and things of that nature. I see people putting it on all the time. Again, we put on our first webinar just a week, pretty much a week ago. And again, thank you for. Uh, participating in that, Ashley, if I could say that, you know, live on the air to you, just, again, appreciate you very much for your assistance with that. But as you and I got to talking, um, you know, and just, again, understanding your background, which is quite extensive when it comes to finances, you kind of talked about even when you're helping people, uh, one of the things that you had been finding is how personal, you know, we call it personal finances, right, it's your own finances, but you, in my opinion, have a different take on how personal personal finances are. Um, just in your you explain it to me, and you helping people and things of that nature, you realize uh, not only is it something that we often keep secret and secretive, and we don't share with others, but in trying to help others, you realize a lot of people have a lot of personal issues or even trauma associated with how they see money that affects how they deal with their personal finances. So if we will, Queen, I just want to kind of start there, just kind of reminding you of a conversation you and I had just to kick off this morning's discussion, what are your greatest fears surrounding money? So, Queen, if you can just kind of jump in there and, and we'll go from there.
5: Yeah, so thank you for having me on the show today. And uh, even for the feedback from the conference, uh, it was really dope. And I I did actually pull the quote from our conversation about just the traumas that people have behind money. You know, a a lot of people tend to think that there's some personal formula or some type of spreadsheet, something that you can tell them to get it together, right? And like we discussed, finances are very simple at, at the end of the day, right? Like you either have the money or you don't have the money. When you are doing a budget, you are literally just totaling up all of your expenses and comparing that to the money that you have coming in. And so either it's there or is not there. But the bigger question is, why are you handling your money that way, right? When you have the option to do the responsible thing, which can sometimes be frustrating, but when you have the option to do the responsible thing of paying your bills on time or Covering your expenses and you opt to do something else, we have to figure out why you're making that decision. So I actually pulled the quote, uh, and this is what has kind of inspired my thoughts about addressing everything outside of just the math for finance. Uh, and it's by uh, Lane Redmond, and it's from the book When the Women Were Drummers. And it says, All the eggs a woman will ever carry form in her ovaries when she is a four-month-old fetus in the womb of her mother. This means our cellular life as an egg begins in the womb of our grandmother. Each of us spent five months in our grandmother's womb, and she in turn formed within the womb of her grandmother. We vibrate to the rhythms of our mother's blood before she herself is born. And for me, the quote hit on a personal level just for the connectedness that I felt The women in my family Right those generations But then last year I did a lot Of reading about trauma And how it literally changes Your brain how you think How your body functions And in this instance You know I just think about how Trauma can travel From generation to generation um, Where it My mom and my Grandmother didn't talk about money then the likelihood of me not talking about money with my partner or my Mm -hmm. spouse or my children or my friends, that likelihood is going to continue of me not having those conversations because that's what's been carried on for generations. And so when I think about personal finance, it's about how are you going to break those generational traumas? How are you going to address the things that you're not doing? and make those changes, right? Because for me, it's about generational changes. What are you doing to build up the generation behind you? How are you going to maintain your money in such a way that you can change things for yourself and for other people coming behind you?
2: Now, that's major, Uh, Latrice. I'm going to let you jump in because I know she went right down your alley when we started talking trauma. So, um, Queen, again, I I didn't anticipate that the quote would go there, but again I'm I'm glad because we're going much deeper. Um Latrice, if you will, just kind of jump in when you hear uh Ashley break down how deep this goes well, again when we're talking about personal finance, if you will. Go ahead, Queen.
3: I actually think I love and I love that quote, so I'm gonna I'm actually I'm, I'm gonna need you to send me that quote. It's amazing. Okay. Um but I you know, when you when you were speaking It definitely speaks to a lot of what's going on in our community. But even beyond the trauma, we're reaching a point now where um, we now know a lot of the unconscious incompetence is being wiped out because the information is so readily available. Whereas Mm -hmm. in the past, my grandmother didn't know what to tell my mother about how to to maintain her finances. Um, Additionally, We can't, I often say we can't compare ourselves to mainstream society, to white society, simply because of the black tax that we have to pay, typically because we live in, many of us live in socioeconomically depressed areas where there are food deserts and things of that nature. And so um, there are some issues as it relates to um, systemic racism that that we have to overcome in order to begin to achieve um, personal financial freedom. But definitely those traumas do impact us. They make us, um, because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, they make us Mm -hmm. ashamed to talk about what we don't have. They cause us to go out and spend money that we don't have to spend in order to give the illusion of doing well when we're not. And we also have to, because we now are coming into a generation of people that are are earning good money, we have to understand how we have to put on our oxygen mask first and begin to save for ourselves before we can help save others. And I know that's a hard concept for many, but until you, and, I, and I'm a firm believer in this, until you can really, make, until you are financially secure in a sense, you can't help the community because you're not stable and you run the risk by trying to um, help everyone else. You run the risk of creating um, instability for yourself.
1: Right. Not a strong I agree. Course. Actually, let me
2: ask. Yeah, let me ask you this, Ashley, and, and this is for me making assumptions for someone out there listening. So as Latrice kind of breaks down, in a sense, and points out just briefly the systemic issues that that in a sense may affect how we go about our finances, and I'm pretty sure there are some who are listening that I always want to, in a sense, dismiss that part, and how does that apply to me getting my money straight. So um, just because she brought it up, actually, just I wanted to ask you again, someone who's always helping people get their finances straight, uh, do you give, in a sense, any validity to the concept? Because what I think I hear Latrice saying is these additional stressors that come up in why somebody might not make the right choice, that choice that you were talking about when you make the choice to do something different other than simply paying the bill that you should pay. uh, Do you see, in a sense, those, what I, again, I'm calling them additional stressors that affect individuals that come with you and how they, again, as you say, do the math, which at the end of the day is pretty simple if you just do the math. Well, go ahead, Quinn. Any thoughts about the additional stressors, if you will?
5: So I definitely think that there are additional stressors, right? It's hard to have these conversations with people that are not aware of the opportunities out there, um, that aren't aware that there's a different way to do things, right? So it, it makes it very important for us to have these conversations, specifically within our community so that we can get people to shift their mindset, right? Because one of the things that um, a quote, and I'm pretty sure a bunch of people say it, but the first time I heard it, I remember hearing it, was last year. And my friend, he says, you know, um, you don't know what you don't know. And
0: Mm -hmm.
5: it's so crazy, you know, with the information age, we are able to keep up with celebrities. There are all these things that are funneled towards us in terms of, you know, rap music and drugs and tattoos, Jordans, all these different things that are funneled at us, um, and still we're not having conversations about money. And because we're not having those conversations, despite all of this information being readily available, we still can't take that next step forward. So you have to find a way to have these conversations. You have to find a way to address all of what affects our community and then still try to get it to such a level that you can start talking about money and trying to level set. Um, I think I watched a video one time that just talked about um, just biases and the system and how it has worked against us. Um, it was like a line of kids and the coach, you know, if you have this, um, take two steps forward. If you have this, take mm-hmm. a couple more steps forward. And it's not like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, when you have those advantages, you don't realize it. It means that you can acquire your your goals, your finances, whatever, a lot quicker. Um, and so for us, there there are things that have to be overcome. And, you know, for me, that's a really big component that isn't even related to money is mental health. Like we need it within our community to be able to address things to move forward. Um, and I think that's how we started our conversation about money mm-hmm. therapy, you know, being able to address issues that are holding us back because mental health really is what's going to give you the self-esteem, the self-love to do these things to put yourself in a better position. Um, And I think another component of it, I think the hardest thing um, above it all is honesty in in all aspects, right? Like looking at the injustices that have been done to you from like a generational standpoint, however you want to do that, and not allowing that anger, that hurt, that frustration, that pain to – Take you away from moving forward in your goal.
2: No, I appreciate that, and what? And I'll say this, and we'll maybe table that part of the the, against the systemic stuff. The mental health can't go away, and I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm pretty sure Latrice, she's always advocating for that as well. So again, uh, I know y'all haven't met. I don't think y'all. yeah, y'all met, I'm sure, but y'all have met. Y'all have met, but I don't know if you knew how much she advocates for those things. But, again, and this is just clarity for anybody out there listening. We're going to open up the phone lines here pretty soon, and I'm going to uh, read a post from one of our, our listeners as well. Um, but, again, just to bring this to head. So all y'all, anybody out there that's listening, again, again, this is just kind of for those who may want to be dismissive of the systemic part. And it's not that the goal here is to harp on that. But quite often, people sometimes want to provide the education and the information without consideration for those things, and then don't understand why people don't take to the information. So just for anybody out there listening, that's why I, when I heard Latrice bring it up, I wanted to understand from Ashley how she sees those things. Again, and this is just because I know that exists out there. It's like, why are you talking about it? But Again, if you provide people education and information without addressing the mental health, without addressing things that they're worried about, as she said, get these out of the way so they don't hold you back. And you can't do that without addressing them, in my opinion, especially for a community who has a different experience. Go ahead, Ash. I feel like you want to jump back in. Go ahead.
3: No,
6: no, no. I know, was sorry. I'm sorry. I just I just, was, I think that was I just missed her. No, no. I just
2: I didn't mean. know. I just who,
1: her, who, who, who that was. So glad, Latrice. Please.
3: So, so there. So money disorders are actually diagnosable by psychologists.
1: And there are several different oh, wow.
3: types of diagnoses that um, they have. It ranges from compulsive spending to something that a lot of a lot of us do sometimes with our children, and it, it harms them as financial enmeshment, where we find ourselves sharing oversharing adult information with our children, and that has an impact on how they grow up and view finances, financial information. And many of us struggle with this financial de- denial where we just don't acknowledge um, the problems going on with our finances is mm-hmm. that ignoring them will make it go away. So these there are actual diagnoses for, oh, for wow. money ailments, if you will, within the mental health um, industry.
2: But, damn it! I got all of those, so can y'all do the show without me? I need to go get help. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I just you just brought you just made me realize I got all of those, and I can't carry on the show. I'm just too disturbed by all of this information you just gave me. I didn't know there was a name a for this. Yes, I'm
1: serious. I didn't know there was a name
2: for this. Uh actually, I'm gonna let you jump in because again, this is. You know, new information for me. Again, all of those things she's talking about are very apparent. And as you know, obviously, what I was putting on a financial webinar last week, I've always tried to bring that to the community club, if you will, specifically here right. in Atlanta. And, and and I and I do run into people waving their hand and say we want this help. And then when it's time to actually get the help, I think people, in my opinion, embarrassment. Holds them back, and you know now let latrice tell it. There's actually a disorder. but I shouldn't be surprised in 2020, there's a disorder for everything. I'm getting facetious a little bit there, but if you will, actually, any thoughts to, uh, in a sense, maybe people's personal fears or disorders, if you will, in reference to helping someone understand their finances. Go ahead, Queen.
0: Yeah,
5: so I I like that there's a name to it, right? I. I don't necessarily like the word disorder. That's my personal preference, right? I understand that is a medical thing. But for me, it's great that you have that, right? So I suffer from anxiety. um, And the power that came with being able to name my anxiety became that when I felt these emotions, when I felt myself getting to this point where I was getting anxious, I could go to my mental toolbox and be like, this is what I need to do to come back off of that ledge. So giving something a name is powerful because it allows you to identify what's happening when that thing is going on. So it's no longer, oh, you know, I like to go out to eat. It could be I'm having a really rough time at work and I eat my feelings, and so I tend Mm -hmm. to spend money when I go out to eat, right? There's power in being able to call it that because then – When you realize that you're having a bad day, you now know what it is and you now have the choice to say, am I going to go down this rabbit hole and eat my feelings or am I going to go ahead and address my feelings, right? That's more powerful than like sweeping it under the rug. So when I'm working with my clients, um, the first thing that I do is I do a consultation, right? I want to get to know them. I get into all their business, like, how many kids do you have? What are your goals? What are your fears? Um, What do you want to do different? Are you saving money? Um, You know, are you putting money into a savings account that's linked to your primary checking account and you just transfer back and forth and you never have any savings? These are the conversations that I'm having. And then I have to, you know, level set with them and say, hey, this is a judgment-free zone right? I'm not here to judge you. I can't do the work. People tend to think, like, if they come to me, I'm going to do the work for them. No, I don't want access to your cards. I don't want any of that. But what I want you to do, like you say, is I want you to think. I want you to be aware of the thoughts that are going on when it comes to your finances, because once you get that awareness, when you know better, you do better. And when it comes to money, I guarantee when people are when they've been in a position where they have overdrafts and they can't keep money in their savings account, once you start making those changes, you want it to continue. Um, But people won't be honest about themselves. It's that, that embarrassment that they feel when it comes to their money, like, I can't be the only one. No. Majority of people have money issues. It's a stressor for a lot more people than we think. Um, And a lot of people tend to think that, oh, well, if I had more money, you know, that would solve all the issues. And that's true for some people. They just don't make enough money to cover the expenses. But for a lot of people, even if you had more money because the basics are not there, it's not going to make a difference.
2: Now that makes sense. We're actually up against the break, Queen. So, so no, absolutely. Let me run to this break, and we'll continue this beautiful conversation. I got Brother Pianchi wanting to get in. If you're out there on the phone line and want to get in, you do need to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We have personal finance coach Ashley Thomas on the line with us, as well as my co-host, Patrice Ross. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. That ain't saying nothing against hip-hop. It's just I'm old school to my heart. I ain't converting over. See, you know what hip-hop don't do, see? Hip-hop don't sing about love no more. And sadly enough, neither does R&B music. It's all sex. And that's where Square Business Entertainment comes in to bring you R&B music with a touch of love every 30 days. They got the new song. Check out their latest hits by Taylor Pace, Why
8: Do You Love Her?
0: Oh, why do you love her? Yeah, she's been mine. Why do you Why love you her? She a deal. She a do a die trick for real. Stayed when she didn't, she didn't have to. Been on this grind right alongside me. Why do Why you, you love you her? her? Whatever every client wants his body to be. The cabinets up there ish, but she's still whipping up a good meal, wearing nothing but an apron.
2: Red hide. Why do you love her? Taylor Pace, Square Business Entertainment. Glad to have them as a sponsor. Please find their music at Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, Pandora, Google Play, all of your streaming music service. You can find Square Business Entertainment, Taylor Pace. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I am your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Latrice Ross. My special guest is Ashley Thomas personal finance coach for this morning's discussion question. What are your greatest fears when it comes to money? we got Brother Piaki out of St. Louis on the line. We're going to let him jump in. If you're listening online and want to get in, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know if you want to speak. All right, brother Pianki, we got you live on the air. Thanks for calling in. What's your three cents this morning on this morning's discussion question?
8: Uh, you know I'm to tell you briefly on that article about the young man being executed. Alabama is a
2: uh, yeah. I'm gonna uh, actually, brother Pianki. I need to keep it on point that we not. I'm not yeah, doing I'll that just, discussion this morning. So I'm sorry okay. to do that too. Okay, I'll
8: leave that alone. Um, I wasn't yeah, going to yeah. discuss it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, here's the thing. Did you want – Yeah, go ahead. When you're talking about the accumulation of money. We have to put things in their proper perspective, and that goes back to the plan and the plan and the education. If what you are working at in a profession, if it doesn't allow you to accumulate discretionary money, it's going to be very difficult for you to get involved in any savings scheme. Then, too, there are those who can, and there are a lot of those who cannot. And for them that cannot, I think that the square one is that their child is being educated, and they're being educated into a area that's gone where they can demand high wages and salary for the skills that they take on. And then you got the other that. Uh, I personally don't think that it's going to go very far because they just don't have the money. I mean, when they start off, they're short, lacking, and without. And they are living in a situation where they are vulnerable to mishaps that's going to make their situation worse off or even prevent them from striving like they would like to. You know, I'm going to give an example. And I've seen this many times, and I think it's it's tragic, but I've seen young black women who finally get their automobile so they can travel back and forth to work. And one day you come down the street and you see where some car has hit it and knocked it up on the sidewalk. This is a car she has engaged in a financial situation for in order to pay for it and also go back and forth to work to, to earn money to pay for it. Now she's in a heck of a predicament because many cases of the time uh, these individuals would get the insurance that covers their liability but not their comprehension. So that's from living having to be relegated into an area where there's a lot of possibilities and risks involved. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to add that education is important. And, you know, one for me my dread in this is them Democrats. They're going to put taxes on my money and take it from me. <laughs> hey, I knew you was going
2: to sneak the politics in, Brother Piaki. It wouldn't hey, be you if you didn't. But now I appreciate it. It got me to praying oh, at night guys, even. Oh, you the guy religious because of Democrats. You, you are hilarious, Brother Piaki. But now nah, we always appreciate it. Yeah, but no your kidding, three though. Sisters morning.
8: The education is very We're important. We're not going down what that road, Brother I'll, I'll let
2: you get it Thank in. You. We're not going down that road. But you definitely brought a couple of things that are definitely worthy of speaking of, if you will. Not sure. I'm interested in Ashley. No, absolutely. I'm interested in what Ashley and Latrice have to say about, it. again, a couple of points that I wanted to highlight from your um, call-in. Appreciate the call-in, Brother. Uh, with the <laughs> brother Piyaki, a couple of things he said that I would uh, – well, actually, let's, let's speak to that example he gave because I definitely think that is a reality. I think that's, uh, again – to a certain extent, those are who we're thinking of when we're trying to improve finances, if you will. So, yeah, scenarios like that definitely do affect people. So, um, Ashley, I'll start with you. Uh, in in people that you've helped, have you seen people uh, in a sense that are that seem to live in a situation where they just can't get right like, because of and, you know, like an example like you just gave? They're they're trying to do the best they can, but it just keeps cycling downward because they're already not, in a sense, making enough income. Any advice for that person, if you will, uh, uh, if you can, yeah, if you will, Queen?
6: So
5: I I would start the conversation, is this person addressing their wants versus their needs? Because I have worked with people that have not had enough income. So when I work with people, I, I tell them, I want you to let me know all of your expenses. Tell me all of them. I need to know. And then I will come back through and ask questions about all of these other expenses, because people don't count Netflix. They don't count Hulu. They don't count their Spotify or Pandora uh, subscriptions. They don't count getting their hair done. They don't count. I could tell you probably nine times out of 10, most people do not give any considerations for groceries in their budget. They don't even think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I will tell you that people will make time for those things, right? They still get their hair cut. They still buy clothes. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily all related to work. They will still make sure that um, if you're a woman, maybe you're getting your pedicure. Um, you're doing all of these things that are discretionary spending. So you might not feel like you have the discretionary money. Because it's going towards these other things. So, are you identifying your wants versus your needs? Because if you're telling me you can't save, but you have cable, you have internet in your house, and you have a smartphone, um, you can give up one of those things, right? Like you, you might need your phone. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need cable in your house. That doesn't mean that you need Netflix, right? Those are all. And for me, I don't care if you can save $100 or if you can save $5, right? It's about that discipline and consistency that will make a difference. And so if you're not going to be honest about what you want versus what you need, of course you're never going to be able to save. And there are genuinely some people do not make enough money. And in that instance, you need to make yourself a priority and pay yourself first, period, point blank, because it's like you're never going to get out of that circle if you can't ever make right. Yourself can a Right. can you priority.
2: explain that for somebody who doesn't make enough money because that's who I was actually thinking of. I wasn't thinking of the person who has cable in their short. I'm thinking of some people that they you know they want cable and they don't got it. You feel me so I'm talking so that for that person they I would think that pay yourself first, that's going to be the hardest concept. For somebody who literally is short of teaching them in a sense how to forego something that's old to pay yourself first, because that's kind of what they they have to do. But you know, I think you and I understand that is how you get out of that rut. So can you kind of speak right. to that? Because if I don't have it, I will be scared to pay myself first. Does that make sense? Right.
5: Yeah. So it's kind of this thought that if if your expenses, just for you to live, nothing else extra that you can afford to do for yourself is, let's say, for example, $1,000, and you're bringing home $900, you're already right. short on something. So why right. are you going to stress yourself about, and I, I don't want to say that stress might be the right word, but if you are already short, what difference is it going to make if you pay yourself money and put it into an account, right? You put it into your savings. If you're into investing, if you put it into your investing account and put that money to work, you already don't have it there, right? I'm not saying that just get to a point where it's negatively impacting you, but if you can put that um, let's say a hundred dollars or fifty dollars to work and have it make you money because you can make money off of fifty dollars, you know, you can put it to work and then that turns into seventy five or a hundred dollars, then you can go. And, ahead and let's and, start and start
1: let's walk work. people
2: through that. Because again, if I like if I say I I'm sitting down with you, Ashley, and you're I, I got a thousand dollars in expenses but I bring home nine hundred. So mm-hmm. you telling me to pay my first Myself first, like you said, I, I get it already that you know you got to get some yourself, but I'm scared to do it. So if I say, All right, I'm gonna break down and listen to you, actually, you still have to show me how to 50, you know, putting away 50 like you're telling me, you still have to show me how is it going to work because it basically if I put away the 50 for myself, and now and ain't I'm ain't I technically maybe I'm doing the math wrong, but I'm, a, I'm still a hundred dollars short somewhere, so you still got to make that make sense to me. So can you you understand what I'm saying? So like walk me through that if I have that fear because I might want to do what you say, but it don't make sense. So walk me through that if, that if you if you don't mind.
5: So to get to that point, like there's groundwork that has to be done in terms of like trying to find out what's going on. Right? It's not just as simple as oh, you know you're already short. Let's go ahead and do this. But it's about determining financial priorities. What is a priority in your life? If you're telling me getting out of this situation is going to be a priority in your life, then I want to know how you plan on doing that. If you can't do that with work. No, no, no. I guess what I'm I'm
1: asking
2: is if I put away the 50, walk me through how it turns into 75. That's what I don't understand if mm I've never trusted doing an investment. You feel me like if I'm going to do oh. it, walk me through how to 50, you see what I'm saying? Because so we're talking about people who now they're not prioritizing a pedicure over, we're talking about they're, they're literally short. So I want to do this, I want to listen to you, but you still have to show me how the 50 turns to 25. Does that, I, mean, I'm not, yeah. I know there's not one way to do it, but if you could just kind of share that with me, because I think that will get me over my fear of why would I do this first, if that makes sense. Why would I pay myself first?
5: So, you know, I think – starting off for someone that is at a deficit, right, they don't have enough money, it can only be saving from my perspective, right? Because you don't have, you cannot afford to lose that money. If you're going to turn that 50 into something more, you know, um, let's say even before coronavirus went as crazy as it's gone, um, the market was up, right? People were making money off of stocks. Like I, I made a purchase for an investment that was like, $10 $10 a share or whatever, and that went up to $12, um, you know, later on. Let me,
2: because I'm, I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, but I'm okay with it being just savings. It was just when you were saying it, 50 can turn into 75, if I'm scared to do this, I don't know how that happens. So I don't care that it's just savings. I'm just explaining when me being, I'm trying to be the person who's afraid to do this. So you're saying 50 can turn into 25. I'm just saying, tell me how even if it is just saving. So I'm not trying to make them invest. I'm just saying you have, would have to walk me through why I would pay myself first because it would sound good and I would still be scared to do it. I'm just trying. Like, Latrice, do you understand kind of what I'm pushing for in this in this scenario? I'm just thinking of like the full psychology of being afraid to pay myself first. I think we have to really walk people through how, to be brave enough to do it. Uh, do, do you understand? I don't know, Latrice. Am I making sense? of why I'm pressing on? How? Why you're right. explaining it to me so that I'm not afraid to making, do it? That's what I'm trying to you get to sense. in here. I don't know. I hope I'm not being but, too particular, well, but I'm just trying to get to that.
3: So I think Montoya, that it's not necessarily. It's about more about emotional safety than just fear. Am I going to be ridiculed um, by asking these questions? Um, because so many, for so many of our people, we have this, you know, like let me give you an example. I told my friend, one of my friends, that her new eye, her new glasses were nice. I really liked the style. Her first response to me was a smile as she pointed to the the, the arm of the eyeglasses, Versace. Okay, it doesn't matter whether they were, were Versace or $49 from America's Best. I like the frame. The name on the frame had nothing to do with it, but for a lot of people, they have to do that to maintain their sense of emotional security that I'm not going to be ridiculed. And so for a lot of people, it's the fear of being ridiculed. So you have to, you know, to me, there comes with building a rapport and then building that trust in your competence before they're willing to actually take what you say and your guidance into um, consideration. So what you're asking is tell me the steps that a person would take who is financially insecure in order to take their meager earnings and turn those meager earnings into savings, slowly but surely. Is that what you're
0: asking?
2: Yeah, yeah. For the most part, again, and maybe, like I said, maybe I'm being too particular, but I'm just saying, if you say pay myself first and I turn 50 to 25, like I get again, well, I know it's kind of general information. I'm not, I'm not trying to say somebody specific cir- circumstances, but I'm just saying turn 50 to 25. If I'm short, I would, I might not even know to put it in savings. I'm just throwing it out, so I was just saying walk me who's actually short. I'm not buying for such. I'm not that person. I'm not talking about the people who are not, who are not paying attention to what they're spending. I'm talking about the people who are short, the, the Pianki scenario. They're actually short, and you're trying to convince me to pay myself first. I was just saying, how do you do that? I wasn't saying they have to invest. I was just saying, tell me the, how you would do it. So if it's savings, you know what it would be? Savings, and you still have to say, well, when I save enough money, how does it get me out of my shortage? Because me saving, and I'm short, and never having done this, I just still think I'm going to stay short. I gotta, you, you, like that doesn't connect, in right. my opinion, for the person who's afraid to do it. So you telling me to save right. doesn't does automatically connect me to how does that get me out of this. So I was just asking, actually, as an expert, right. to explain to me how my saving will actually work in my favor, how does paying myself work in my favor because I don't know that. I hope I'm
1: making sense.
5: So I would kind of say that, right, is it's an education component because you would be surprised the lack of general knowledge that a lot of people have when it comes to money, right? Like people will understand certain concepts but not necessarily. So I would start with making sure that they understand um, just how a savings account works in general. I I know people in 2020 that don't trust banks and, like, keep money in their house, you know, let alone if if anything were to happen to your home, a fire, anything like that, you know, you're out of that money. But it it becomes education at that point. Do you understand how these systems work? Do you understand how this works? You know, at, at some point when you continue your savings, that consistency at some point, you will be at a position where you're no longer short, right? But I think that it becomes, you have to get that buy-in from the person. You have to establish a trust. Um, And I think that's about better understanding their situation, right, it, it also becomes identifying that person's why. Because if you have no motivation to get out of your situation, yeah. any conversations we have are no yeah, reward. Yeah, yeah. that Isn't I understand. I mean,
2: we're, we're, yeah, it's cool. I'm going I'm to move this up there because I think we're missing each other. Cause like that part of, that's what I was saying. I get that person, I get that they don't understand general finances. I'm just saying when you say if I save money, eventually I won't be short. I don't.
1: Yeah, I'm I mean, trying to be the person who cool. doesn't
2: understand general Right, so it's not about right. the motivation. I was just talking about, okay, when I save enough, where do I go? What do I do next that now helps me cover this deficit that, I that if I, if in my opinion, listening to you, created even more of a deficit? I'm just saying that's, in my opinion, how you see it when you are afraid to pay yourself first. But, again, I don't want to just stay here. Again, it's just a small nuance that maybe we're just missing each other um, as far as what I'm asking, Montel, I guess, if you will.
3: Montoya, can I add something to that? I think that. What comes next is is really your risk tolerance for what you do with the mm-hmm. money that you save, um, whether, you know, I'm going to go stocks, whether I'm going to go traditional savings bonds. I think it's going to be yeah, perhaps a lot of considerations that are taken into account, your age, your, yeah, of you Of course, know, absolutely, absolutely. Those kinds of things. Absolutely. So I think and that all, was, all, all I'm simply saying is
2: after I save, just what, could one of the steps be is all I'm saying. If you don't tell me what one right. of the steps could be, I'm saving so, the money, and I think I'm short. Sure. So I'm just kind of saying just the step itself. But it's, it's all good. Let's, so for let's, me? Let's move on. Yeah, to so for me? The, okay. Yeah, all right, we can move
3: on.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We have another caller out there on the line. If you're trying to get in, please press 1 if you want to get in. If you're listening online, the number to get in is 646 787 1691. We need to go to another break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show where all I ask is that you think. Audiences through visual and digital media. So, what exactly does that mean? You need graphic design called Big Sis Media. You need web design called Big Sis Media. You need audio or video production called Big Sis Media. You need a branded strategy for your business called Big Sis Media. Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better. They're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Call them at 404 Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Cheese. This morning's discussion question. What is your greatest fears when it comes to money? Special guest, Ashley Thomas. Well, as special guest co host Patrice Ross. We've got a post from Facebook I wanted to go ahead and jump into and get your thoughts before we go to the top of the hour break. Uh, so let's go ahead and get this in. So I had a situation and actually wanted to see what your thoughts on it. This is, again, a post from somebody on Facebook. It says, My fear is not being ready for a comfortable early retirement and have to struggle during my golden years. I'm married, but our money is not. It's challenging to know what the future will look like. When your finances are separated and your significant other is financially irresponsible, you can't properly save for college. Retirement, fixing up the house It's extremely frustrating and depressing. I decided to go back to school for bookkeeping because I enjoy budgeting. Hopefully I'll become an consultant and have my own business, but this way of life is tough. Any thoughts on that scenario, Ashley?
5: (laughs) So retirement is actually one of my biggest fears. Um, And I'm 33, and it scares the crap out of me. So I completely understand that. Um, Again, you know, it kind of comes back to this concept that um, it's really not about the numbers, right? If you think that your spouse is financially irresponsible, then I'm pretty sure that showcases in other areas of your life. So when I hear that, I hear that there are conversations not being had about the money, right? If you feel like you're not able to stay for college, you're not able to stay for retirement, then you're probably definitely not having conversations about money. So it becomes, is the burden only on you to get things together for these financial priorities that you have? If that's the case, then you should be able to do those things. But it, it's not telling me, right, It is there a deficit that's happening with your money? Do you make enough for these financial priorities? Is it that because your your partner is financially irresponsible that they're spending money in ways that you don't think allow you to meet those goals? Um, you know, like maybe you all have enough money left over and your spouse just goes out and spends money and doesn't tell you, and now, you know, you have enough money to cover your bills but it's not there. Um, if you are the person that's over the finances, then – you should be able to do that and delegate those funds to the appropriate categories, you know, if that means spouse an allowance or something like that. But what what that sounds like to me is that there's not a conversation being had about the finances at all. Because if you think that your spouse is irresponsible, have you had that conversation? In what ways are they being irresponsible? Um, how have you tried to address this with them? You know, I, I think – for me, one of the things that I've learned 2019, 2020 is how underrated we place communication because you should be able to have this conversation with your spouse about why you think that they're irresponsible. Um, what do you want to have happen in your finances that isn't happening? Um, are you even talking to a mediator, someone that can come in in between and really give you a sense of like, hey, this is what we, you know, I hear you saying this about your spouse, and this is what he hears. Are you all talking in two different languages about an issue? So I I don't think that there's any one way to address that because that's not the underlying issue, right? It's kind of like that example where people say like, oh, the, the wife might say you don't ever do the dishes, and what she could really be saying is I don't think that you're able to take care of me or you're able to take care of the house. That's that's not the underlying issue here, and we would have to identify what the real issue is that's mm-hmm. going on. So that that's kind of my take, because there's not enough information. No, that makes
0: sense.
5: To...
1: No, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah.
2: I respect that. one thing I was going to say, but I think you kind of addressed it with this, was well. It could be a situation where the conversation has been had, and that might be why the the finances are separated. Like, we're not putting it together because I see you're irresponsible. I'm trying to be responsible. But when you offered the idea of having a mediator come in, I think that's even if you've tried to have it and can't have the conversation, then that seems like a a, a great, something that might be necessary. And a lot of people might not think of it because a lot of times you think of um, going to counseling when you're having other marital problems, but since mm-hmm. money is the biggest reason, about fifty percent of why half of our country, like anyway, half when we get the numbers, let me see if I said it correctly. So we're we're still at about half of our marriages in this country in in divorce. About half of those in due to money problems it is still considered the number one problem. And I know quite often even when we're pushing people to go to counseling, a lot of times we're pushing for counseling after something has happened. But it's usually rarely ever when we talking about money issues. But when I hear you say, Ashley, bring a mediator in just to even have this discussion about money, I think that's amazing advice that could probably help a lot of couples if they did have maybe a counselor or somebody like yourself to mediate. The conversation between them, if they find they cannot have it, and you are right, if people, a lot of people are not having it to the point. Let me give this scenario. Uh, we got about a minute and a half before a break. I may this may continue our discussion after the break. But even the scenario, of, at least I've heard this in my lifetime. I've never been married, but I've definitely heard of plenty of people even getting married and they don't even really find out their spouses financial scenario, their credit score, or even, you know, they might know how much they make because you say, hey, what do you do for a living? But they don't necessarily fully understand exactly how bad or good someone's finances is until after they're getting married. Like they've discussed everything quite often but that. Any thoughts on that or or how, should, how soon should finances come up? Matter of fact, we only got a minute before break, so what I'm going to do because I want <laughs> cut to this, cut this the answer to this is off. So we're going to go – We're going to go ahead and start the break early, come out of that, and answer that question, how soon should finances come up, and how many couples do you know that do wait until marriage to even find out the financial stability of their significant other. You're listening to the Mental Dialog Talk Show. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Again, we are at the top of the hour. We're We're going to share the latest hit from Square Business Entertainment. Why do you love her?
0: Take my whiskey too Picks up beef me daily And makes my plate with the right amount of food Friends are swollen with envy Cause of the way that she's forced me Sex on demand, love your head if you understand While this girl brings joy to me Easy to fall for her? Like the waters of Niagara flow Embraces me why would I ever let that go? Why do you love her?
2: Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Patrice Roth. Our special guest is Ashley Thomas. What are your greatest fears when it comes to money? I really like that song by Taylor Pace, Why Do You Love Her. Check them out on Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, Google Play, all streaming forms. Back to this morning's discussion. Again, right before the break, just mentioned the idea of, you know, in a sense, is our scenario that was brought to us was by a married couple, and just you know, just talking about that in general. How many people are getting married without even knowing the personal finance question? Or in social media world, I see people saying, you know, we should talk about finances pretty early in even getting to know each other. So, any thoughts from both of either of you? Ashley, I'll kind of let you continue. I'll then, Latrice, you give me your thoughts on on how that's playing out when it comes to even marriage or even dating status, if you will. Go ahead, uh, uh, Ashley.
6: Yeah, so
5: I would say once you're in a committed relationship. So for me, I'm dating for marriage. And so if I have decided to be in an exclusive relationship with someone, um, I think that that's an appropriate time to go ahead and start having that conversation. Because for me, if we are on the same page about what we want, then that means that we need to be not necessarily like-minded and not even on the same page in the same paragraph, but we need to be in the same book. So what are your financial goals? You know, are you saving in your 401K? What's your credit score? Do you have anything delinquent on there? You know, I, for me, it's important to know those things because I've done a lot of work on my finances, and I'm not, I don't want to be in a position where I'm with someone that is not willing to do that same work for themselves or does not have the same goals and aspirations that I do when it comes to finances. Um, again, it, it is such a very big thing for couples, for relationships.
1: That. But I, I love don't you, Ashley. Me. I love you so much. I've never loved anyone as much as you. Oh, I didn't know that. paid. Bill. my, my four hundred credit <laughs> score ain't enough to get us. So you know, you ain't. My love can't get us past my four hundred credit score.
5: Mm-mm, no. No, because, because
1: that right there, that
5: tells me that you're paying too much in interest. The way that I maintain my finances, I don't pay interest. I, I refuse. I don't pay interest. It's been probably close to two years since i pay paid interest on a credit card because I pay my bills off. Um, and so for me, if we're not in the same – we don't have to be in the same place, right? Again, I've done a lot of work. But if you're not trying to be in that same place, if you're not trying to get in a position where – You know, you are increasing your net worth where you are trying to maintain credit, um, if that's something that you believe in, um, then there is nothing that we can do going forward because money literally impacts every aspect of your life. It means you can stay in areas that you want to stay in. It means that you can acquire financing for the things that you want. Uh, it means that you can retire when you want to if the funds are there. It means that you can save, have vacations, you can buy the food, the clothes, the things that you want. It impacts the quality of your life. And if you're not doing the work, if you're not in that same mindset, then I, I refuse to settle. I'm sorry. There are some areas where I'm willing to compromise. Finances is not one of them.
2: Latrice, you hear Ashley say the way my bank account is set up, we ain't going to be able to <laughs> continue this relationship.
3: Of- <laughs> That's true, though. I mean, to me, a relationship should be run like a business in a certain yep. sense. And if you guys aren't on the same page, and you don't, you're you not going in the same direction, then you're headed for disaster, and nobody wants to intentionally invite disaster into their lives. And so I completely agree with her. And, and you know, when I encounter people and, you know, they are flexing, if you will, with I got this or I'm buying this. That's immediately a turnoff to me because you're trying to live so that other people can say, oh, they have it going on, When instead, you know, you're working three jobs. Like two years ago a guy approached me, he asked me out, but he's working three jobs so that he can buy a Mercedes SUV. When are you (laughs) going to drive it? You're going to drive it from job one to job two to job three, but when do you really enjoy the fruits of your labor? So, no, it's a hard path Mm -hmm. for me with that kind of behavior because it says irresponsibility. Now, if you were saying I'm working these three jobs because I'm trying to make this investment by a franchise or do something like that, then, yeah, I'm down. I'm with you with that. But you want to buy something that's going nice. to depreciate the moment you drive it off the lot. I don't have time concept.
2: So let's talk about, you know, the credit, sc- the credit stuff, um, Ashley, because I was a loan officer for a couple of years and, you know, trying to qualify people for Refinancing, or getting a home, or whatever, and in that process, you know, I know you know this very well. When you actually look, you know, not the credit score by itself, but when you're able to look at the credit, in addition to the score, you pretty much know a whole lot about people uh, from, you know, looking at their credit scores and things of that nature. So, due to that, that's where you get people. Fearful to even share that you know you know speaking of relationships, right, so that's something people quite often attempt to hold back because they may know they're not up to par in that area, and their fear is I don't wanna lose you because of this issue, so what we typically do is we wait till we get a point- to a point where we trust you, but we still wait till we have to share it if we're having that issue, and you've already pointed out if somebody wants to work on it, that's one thing. But generally speaking, some people are just absolutely afraid because of the assumption that will be made. Have you, have you ran into that? How are, you, are, you, are you helping people through that? Or just what are your thoughts for somebody who's, again, maybe they want to do better, but they don't know how to do better, better so the last thing they want to they'll try to use this in a relationship. That's, that's personal. I'm not sharing it up front. You know, just any, again, just some thoughts of how I've seen this play out various ways. Just any, any thoughts on it from that perspective?
6: So I
5: will start it off with saying this, right? I I don't personally think that credit scores are a great indicator of anything but your ability to pay your debt on time, right? So someone can have an okay. 800 credit score and have a ton of debt. So for me, it's, it's not that. Um, but I think that one thing that I try to tell people is that you have to own your story. No one can make you feel embarrassed about something that you've already owned for yourself. So, for me, um, in 2015, I woke up and, like, I've had credit cards since college, sophomore in college. I got my first credit card. I don't even remember applying for it. Um, And when 2015 rolled around in January, I had $27,000 in credit card debt. Like, I... In my mind, I was like, well, I'm just, you know, making these minimum payments. I had never totaled anything up. Um, and when I saw that number, that 27000 did not equate to anything. I didn't own property. I didn't have, you know, anything that really I could be like, yeah, that $27,000 was a great investment. No, not at all. Um, and so for me at that moment, which is when I really got serious about my business, um, making money matter, I paid all my debt off um, by 2017, by March
1: 2017. And wow.
5: Yeah. Like that was me sacrificing right? So I was working overtime. I was working from 7 to 9 um pretty much Monday through Thursday. I was working probably an extra that's, 2 that's or 3 only two hours, hours actually, 7 to 9. No, no,
1: no, no, 7 a joking. a.m. is not P.M. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. i <laughs> So, and then. I'm like, hey, you how are you playing, you playing out
2: 27,000 a day, two years, working two hours a day? I need what you're doing immediately. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, you're done. Nah, that's a 14-hour uh, day. I'm messing with you, queen. Go ahead. I'm
0: messing yeah, with you. Go ahead. So,
5: Looking at, you know, that and then any time they offer overtime on the weekends, I cut down all of my spending to where the only thing that I had left over in my account was probably 100 to to $150 every pay period. Everything, every single cent outside of that went towards debt, every single cent. All of my overtime yeah. money, like as soon as I got my paycheck, $3,000 going straight to a credit card, I can't even touch it because that was my goal. And so wow, who who's going to make me feel ashamed about this story? Not one damn soul, because I mm-hmm. did that. I busted my ass to make that happen. And so for me, I have no reason to be embarrassed, because I talk to people that are like, if you can do it, I can do it. You're right. You can There's nothing that's going to stop you from doing something once you make up your mind. So if you are embarrassed, I encourage you. To lay it all out on the table. To lay it all out on the line. Because once you own it, no one can use it against you. And if you're not going to own right. your story, it's that embarrassment. Everything else that's going to keep you hiding in the shadows about your money. Right? You can't change anything that you won't bring into the light. You can't grow without sunshine. So why are you going to keep it in the dark? Why are you going to hide it from someone that loves you and wants to see the best for you? And if that person is not trying to have the best happen for you. It's not someone that you need to be with. Now, I'm not going to pay your debt, but I will encourage you. I will give you knowledge on how you can do things better or changes that you can make to be in a better position. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it all falls on your shoulders. And if you're not going to own it, there's not one thing that I can do or say that's going to change that until you own it.
7: Um
2: Latrice, any uh, thoughts about what asking For anybody out there on the line, you do have to press 1. I see some people out there who are just listening, no problem, but if you want to get ask a question, you want to get in, please press 1. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. You have to press 1 to speak to us. Go ahead,
1: Latrice.
3: Um, I think a lot of what, it, what comes to personal finance is about mindset. And Ashley's mindset was one of, i got to get out of this debt and get ahead, so she was willing to make those sacrifices. I've had to make sacrifices. And, I, you know, people, you know, run into hardships, you know, have issues. It's how you, how you come through that and what got you there and if you learned the lesson that brought you there. So for me, I have very similar views about Ashley with regards to that. Um, I do think it's important that I understand the mindset of someone and that they understand my mindset, because if it's, if they aren't similar, then we got, we're going to have issues. Um, mm-hmm. Finance was an issue in my marriage, and it was because my, my ex would say, I want this, but he would not put together a plan to get there. And then when we didn't get there because he refused to stop and plan, now you're upset. So you can't just speak something and then expect it to happen. You have to put it on paper, this is what I'm going to do, step one, step two, step three, step four create a budget, live by that budget, and, you know, take, make those sacrifices where you have to. I'm willing to make sacrifices. I'm willing to work extra, but it's not going to be for material possessions. It's going to be an investment. It's going to be something that I, where I'm building generational wealth so that my family doesn't have to struggle the way that I've had to struggle. And if the person I bring into my life can't do that or isn't on board with that, then it's not a good match.
2: No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I guess, you know, one last thought on that um, is just the idea of, in a sense, let's say somebody's had a setback, what would either of you, in a sense, look for? We've only got about a minute, so just maybe a quick answer on this. What would you look for to say, all right, I I respect this person, you know, kind of own their situation, they own their setback, but what is it that you would be looking for if currently they don't look the part? Does that make sense? Like. Like a lot of men kind of sometimes wonder that, you know, from, from a standpoint or someone who, in a sense, is that, you know, as a matter of fact, let's go to break, do the break, and then come back and answer that, in a sense for a man who maybe has had a setback. It could be vice versa, but a lot of times, men, we worry about this. And so you, the way you don't look the part. So we want to know what is it that someone like yourself, actually, you who is a financial expert, what would you look for to still consider, you know, that man who who's not frivolous, not necessarily – overspending on credit cards, but it's kind of had a setback or the income is not that high. We're definitely interested in what that looks like for you. Let's go to break. And I can answer that coming out of break. You're listening to the Mr dialogue talk show. Well, all I ask is that you think. Do you need a video to help promote your business on social media? Contact black ivory digital marketing to get a professional high quality video within 48 hours. Let more people see how your business can help them. No matter what type of business you have, we can create a video for you. Authors, realtors, life coaches, insurance agents, stylists, therapists, and more. We got you. Is your business next? Contact Black Ivory Digital Marketing at 470-635-1241 or info at blackivorydmf.com. Again, that number is 470 470- or email them at info at blackivorydmf.com My name is Montoya Smith aka Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, if you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all the radio, please contact me directly at four zero four six zero four nine four seven seven. Facebook at mental dialogue. IG mental underscore dialogue. Please DM me. Let's get these products and services out to someone looking for people that look like you. This morning's discussion question: What are your greatest fears when it comes to money? Special guest Ashley Thomas. Special guest co-host Patrice Ross. So I kind of asked the question uh, from, in a sense, from a man's point of view. Uh, a lot of times you'll even hear it say like this on social media, you know, date date the size of your paycheck, if you will. So any thoughts for, again, maybe a brother who's either maybe had a setback or maybe not even had a setback but just doesn't have a lot of income, what is it that you would look for to be comfortable considering that, you know, Ashley, you obviously have your situation together, and Latrice, I know enough about you to know you have your things in order, if you will. So how does a brother take, you know, in a sense, date outside of his his league, if you will, if he's concerned about that, if, if you will, go ahead, Ashley. Any thoughts? I
5: don't. I don't know that I have any thoughts here, right? Because for okay. for where I am, I'm not looking for what someone can do for me. Um, I am looking for the intangibles. I, How do you treat me? How do you make me feel? Um, But I I would say for someone that is in a position where they're maybe not making as much or um, they don't think that they have their things together, I want to know what is your plan, right? I think that kind of piggybacks off of what Latrice said before the break. Like, what are you doing in your life to change your situation? I mean, if you know that we're not on the same level just from a numerical aspect, we don't make the same amount um, and you're okay with that and there's nothing that you want to change, and it probably won't work. But if you have the ambition, if you have the hustle and you're doing these things, I understand that it takes time. Um, I think that goes to the bigger picture of finances where people tend to think that um, because you have recognized that you're in this position, that you're not doing well, that it's going to change overnight. It takes time. To build a savings. It takes time to get out of credit card debt. It takes time to get yourself in a, in a better position financially. And so if you are upfront, transparent, honest about what's going on for you, then that gives me the ability to make the decision for my. I want to move forward with you. So I think that it's about honesty and what is your plan. Because if, if you can tell me this is your plan and I see those steps in motion, I see all of the actions happening, I have no problem riding with you um, and seeing that come to fruition and helping you out and pouring into you in the same respect you would be doing the same for me you would still have to be supportive and your ego could not be in the way for the things that I'm doing or the money that I'm making if we're not on the same level and I think if all of those things align then there's no issues right but for the most part when it comes to men in my experience it's the ego that gets in the way of like well I don't have this so I can't do that. I've had conversations with men that are like, well, I, I just feel intimidated by you because you know what you want, because you have your businesses, because you have your money. And so what? What what does that mean? I'm still a human being. I still want love. You know, I'm not going to change my lifestyle to please you but i'm a frugal person. so, you know, i get congratulated by my friends for buying a $12 dress from the store. you know, for them that's amazing because i just don't shop like that. so it's really not about are you buying me bags? i don't buy purses anymore because i really don't carry them. you know, it's about knowing who you want to be with and is your mindset together? are we on are we on the same page about that? and if we are, there's no reason for you not to approach someone because in reality, you're going to level each other up with the the things that you're pouring into each other.
2: Uh, all fair thoughts. And I think, if, in my opinion, um, when we think ego, men's ego, if you will, because that's kind of what we're talking about for this moment, we've got a caller as well. Um, ego and fear often equate. But, Latrice, let me hear your quick thoughts on it before we go to the call.
3: Okay. My thoughts are similar to Ashley's um, with regard to what you come to the table with. I'm not looking for a benefactor. I have my own. I'm looking for companionship. Now, I'm not a sugar mama either, so I don't plan <laughs> on taking care of anyone. You don't have to come at the same level that I'm. I, you know, where I am. But there has to be ambition. There has to be a plan in place so that I mean, I'm more than willing to help help you execute that plan to get you where you want to go. But there has to be a plan if we're not at the if, if we're not at the same level. If you're significantly lower. Um, because, I, you know, I, I, I like to save money, but I also like shoes. And so if you're going to impede my ability to buy shoes, which I look for on sale, then that's going to be problematic. Ego was a problem in my marriage. My marital problems began the day I graduated from college, and they continued and they, they became exacerbated when I began to make more money than my ex-husband, and we could never overcome that. So I don't need anyone that's going to be ego-driven and try to, I mean, when I said I'm going to get a master's because in order to advance my career, I need this, he absolutely put his foot down. If you want to divorce, then you go, you go to grad school. So I can't have that, I, can't, I won't invite that into my life ever again. If you don't have to have the same salary as I do, there needs to be some ambition and goals to see where you're going in the future because I do want to retire comfortably. I do not want to be a greeter at Walmart.
2: <laughs> hey, fair enough. Let's go to the caller. <laughs> hey, because 'cause I'm a teacher and that's all I make, I'm not gonna and you know, we're not gonna end up at Walmart at greeters. <laughs> I'm not a teacher. I'm just Teachers no. are have so, hey, their place the and
3: call. there's lots of consulting you can do. Yeah,
2: I can dig it, absolutely, absolutely. Let's see what the caller's gotta say. You got brother P. I can try to get back in as well. Area code four last three six seven one. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question.
4: Uh, My name is Vanetta calling from Orlando. Um, Been enjoying the show so far, but I do have a question. When you're looking to retire and you're not quite at that age of retirement, and maybe some are, what is the best way to plan for that retirement as far as budgeting and finance? And then with that, how do I get with someone, or are you available to sit down with to put a plan in place so that I can retire and be prepared?
2: Ashley, that's your question, Queen, go ahead. (laughs) Uh,
5: So, man, getting ready for retirement when you're coming up to that window is, I call it the retirement is real window, typically when you're about mm, 45, 50, um, right before retirement. And it's really about being honest about your finances and looking at everything and laying it out on the table. And once you do that, it becomes, how can you cut expenses? Because there's only two ways that you can improve your finances. Either you make more money or you spend less. Um, And the quickest way to achieve that is for both things. And so it becomes, what are you doing to minimize any expenses that you have? Um, What are you doing to maximize the amount of money that you're saving, putting it aside, um, putting it to work? If you still have 10-plus years before retirement, then it becomes how are you making your money work harder for you? Oftentimes what I've found looking at people's portfolios is that their money is going too slow for them um, where they just are not taking enough risk in their account. They're not building up a cash savings. You know, the thing with investing is that if, If you are fully invested in the market and you don't have any cash savings, if something happens with a downturn in the market like 2008, you put yourself at additional risk. Um, But it's about examining everything around that, right? So how are you cutting expenses? How are you bringing in more money? What do you want retirement to look like? That is truly the biggest picture that most people do not consider when it comes to retirement. You have to know what you want retirement to look like if for example your monthly expenses are two thousand dollars social security is going to give you a thousand dollars that means you have a gap of a thousand dollars that has to be covered how are you going to cover that a thousand dollars and you also have to think about health care because that's the number one cost that keeps people from going into retirement is health care is no longer your job's responsibility to put to Cover that expense for you. So, what are you doing to make sure that you're getting your health care costs covered? Which is why a lot of people are greeters at Walmart or are doing part time work because there are donut holes. There are times when your coverage is not in effect when it comes to medication, and senior citizens are paying thousands of dollars a month for medication that they need to live. So it's that overall approach to what is retirement going to look like for you and what steps are you taking to close that gap. Um, And I am certainly available to do consultations and talk to people um, looking at their finances to find ways for them to invest or to start saving money or to get their finances together to come up with that number. What do we need in retirement so that you know how to move forward? Um, But retirement is one of those things where you're never really going to be fully ready for it. I I listened to one of Susie Orman's um, appearances on a podcast, and she was like, you need to have $5 million to be able to retire. You know, if you get sick, something happens, you're looking at long-term care or you're looking at um, having a nurse or something like that. It it only takes one accident for something like that to happen and completely put you in a position where you're not ready for retirement. um, Or your expenses increase so much so that now you become a financial burden to someone else. So we have to have those conversations about what are you doing with your finances now? How are they impacting your future self? And how can we put you in a position to save as much, decrease as much as you can, so that you can start throwing as much money as you can away for retirement because that is the biggest expense in your lifetime. When you think about if you're making thirty or forty thousand dollars every single year, how are you going to maintain your lifestyle of thirty or forty thousand if you're making more than that eighty thousand dollars for twenty or thirty years because retirement is going longer for most folks? You know, if you're only saving five hundred dollars a year. And your lifestyle right now is that of someone that makes $60,000, $500 a year isn't going to cut it. So either you're going to have to decrease your lifestyle in retirement, or you're going to have to find ways to bring that income up so that you can have the lifestyle that you want. And you're talking, again, about 15, 20, 30 years because of medical advancement.
2: No, it makes sense. So, Valerie, um, it sounds like if I heard you correctly, um, Actually, she's even reaching out and open to us. And I know you do consulting, so even for people outside the state, is that good for you? Because it sounds like she's looking for a connection. I love making connections live on the air. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, Valerie, if there's something you're open to, I would love to, in a sense, get you all connected if if that's what you're looking for. Again, I don't want to make assumptions, but I thought I heard you mention that.
4: Yeah, I'm connected with her.
2: Oh, okay, okay, so we already connected. That's good stuff. Okay, good stuff. Uh, Any other other thing else? I mean, I think that was an excellent – Well, you know um, what, since since I'm here,
4: um, what is a good thing to do in light of everything that's going on now with uh, the coronavirus? I know when I see the stock market, it is fluctuating, bad going down. I know typically you buy when it's low and sell when it's high. Is it the same way when you're looking at your 401K? So that is an
5: excellent question. Um, right now, with everything that's going on, right, do not touch your accounts. <laughs> Don't touch them. Right. This is um, how the market is responding is so similar. 2008, it's not that extreme. But just to give background, right, what happened in 2008, people were fully invested in the market. The market declined in some investments by up to 50%. Um, and so what happened is, let's say you had 50000 in your account. Market declines $25,000. you are like, oh, my gosh. I've lost half of my account. I need this money. And so you sell all your investments. Now you have $25,000 in cash. The market has gone up more than 300% since then, right? So now those people that sat on their hands and didn't touch their money rebounded. Every single person that I have spoken to over the course of three years, and I'm talking about thousands of people that left their money alone in 2008, made their money back by 2009, 2010, the latest. And for those folks that sold it, what happened was they couldn't buy those investments again anymore um, because they had moved their money to cash. They couldn't make back their 50000 or more because they sold those investments. So, When you sell things while the market is down, you lose any money that you've paid on that investment. You're not able to make any more money on that investment because you don't have it anymore. If you paid, for example, $10 for an investment in your account, it went up to $50, you know, over the course of however long you've been saving, and now it goes down to $8 and you sell it to have your $8 because you can't afford to lose any more money. Guess what? When that investment rebounds, unless you have it set to buy it right back at $8, you can't get in anymore. You have to put in more money to be able to get this investment that you held because it's decreasing value. So you cannot invest based on emotion. And the logic that they taught when you're learning about investing and all of that, they tell you that the majority of investors do the wrong thing. If you see everyone selling, you should not be selling, you should be buying because right now you're getting investments on sale. Um, I think someone I saw on Instagram, they were talking about buying um, airline stocks, right? Prices are fantastic for trips right now. Um, just for a reference, like I, I saw one way to Fort Lauderdale for $27 out of Atlanta. Um, and the airline prices are now like 20 something dollars because they're losing sales. People are canceling left and right. But once coronavirus clears out and people are back to traveling, things are back to normal, that's going to go back up to the 30 $40 that it was at two or three weeks ago. And guess what? You're going to make that money back. So if you have the money, especially with the 401K, you should be putting in more money right now because the market generally rebounds. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next year. It could be two years down the road when it rebounds. But when it does, you're going to make that money back, hopefully. I can't give guarantees because I don't know what's going to happen, and past performance is not indicate indicator of future performance. But if the market, in the manner that it typically does, you're going to make that money back. So don't make any changes in your account right now based on your emotions. This is why you should be managing your investments to match the risk level that you have, how you feel about losing money throughout the course of your working lifetime. You should be adjusting that um, at your major points, right? So if you're young and you're investing now in your account and you're aggressive, you shouldn't be making any changes until probably close to your 40s. And once you're in your 40s, you should be dialing back some of that risk. In your 50s, again, dialing back some of that risk and starting to build cash reserves in your account so that if there's an opportunity where the market declines, you can rely on that cash that's sitting there that's not invested in the market and let your investments rebound. So no changes right now. Do not sell. Everybody's selling. You do the opposite. Buy, 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 because you're getting these items on sale.
2: Hey, thank you so much, Valerie, for your call. Great question. We appreciate your three cents this morning. All right, let's go to a quick break. Brother Piaski wants to get back in. We'll bring him out of the break. Thank you, Ashley. Great answer. As a matter of fact, I just want to say this real quickly, we um, highlighted bringing a new podcast to the platform, the Money Motivation Podcast, and we definitely dealt with that. We had uh, a couple of one percenters on the um, on the air with us, one of you know, top one percent earners in the country. Uh, Money Motivation Podcast. Highly recommend that you pay attention. It's not going to be offered regularly. Every week, like the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, but we will be bringing that podcast live. And they were saying the exact same thing. Do not let these fears drive you right now. They basically sit back and suggested the same thing. It's an opportunity right now. So you know, just to even highlight that these once percenters were absolutely reiterating what you just told her. Ashley, great, great answer. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think.
6: If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong?
2: Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour.
6: I like those. What's their IG?
2: At moneymotivation.co.
6: But do they have any ladies gear? Yes,
2: you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go everywhere.
1: I don't
2: even talk, talk, they still know it's me. Cause I look like money, Smell like money, talk like, money. Even walk like money, Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, that's the Money Motivation. They are a great sponsor. We have the Money Motivation Podcast coming to the platform. Stay on the lookout for that. It is basically a unscripted view into the game of money, talking to some of the wealthiest and smartest minds in our community, I I'm amazed at the squad. In the sense that's what we call it. They call themselves. I just, I'm just i the referee. I moderate, and it's basically an eavesdrop into these amazing conversations. So if you're enjoying this morning's conversation, what are your greatest fears when it comes to money? Definitely stay tuned when you see us promoting the Money Motivation Podcast. Our special guest this morning, Ashley Thomas, as well as special guest co host, Latrice Ross. Brother Fiancchi wants to get back in. I see another caller just called in. You have to press one if you are trying to ask a question, or give us your three cents this morning. Brother Pianchi, we got you back live. Go ahead, King.
8: You know, the the lady that was talking about she wanted to get her master's, that was a great story, man. And the thing that uh, she made mention is that your wants should be planned rather than just haphazardly gotten after or gone after. And the thing about the marriage uh Montoya marriage should be a, can be a partnership you know there's traditional and also what we're seeing today more so than ever these partnerships and the things that's achieved as partners should be looked like as we both own this mm-hmm. and it has to be planned i mean get a tiny house rather than getting a sprawling acreage of 14 rooms, unless you're going to have a big child, a big family. So, that planning is very, very important. Both sides should be accepted of the other's position, no matter what it may be. And you're contributing to something that both of you are sharing. And the other lady that called in about the stock, that was good information on the stock. If she followed the thumb rule that she put out there buy low and sell high, even When you have these calamities in the market, you only lose when you sell. So hold on to it. And on the Social Security, one thing must be kept in mind to your young people is that they need to get those 30 or 33, I don't know what it is now, quarterly credits under their belt as soon and as fast as they possibly can. That way they will be assured, hopefully, of that minimum that minimum income that will be coming in every month, including the elders that would you have achieved through your work career. So no, that was a good plan. Let me, you, let me ask you. Let me ask you about the you. last
2: thing you just said because I don't think I understand it. So uh, I don't know if you are asking. my can if she may be familiar with it. Uh, but I, just, mm-hmm. I don't think I understand exactly what you mean by that. So so can that uh, uh, whoever said uh-huh, please jump in and explain that because I don't think I understand this. I want to make sure nobody else is out there lost like I am when it comes to the thirty and mm-hmm. thirty three quarterly thing he was saying. Go
8: ahead. Go ahead, so, Ashley.
5: With Social Security, I, I believe the income is for every $10,000 you make a year, I think it might be 10000 um, you get a credit for your income, and you have to have 40 credits in order for you to draw Social Security um, once you're at that age. And so... You want to make sure that you're verifying your income. I think the window for Social Security is like three years or two years. Um, if your income is not reported correctly, then you are not getting the correct amount of credits. And I believe you can only get four credits a year. So you have to work at least 10 years where you're making a decent amount of money to get your full credit, so that you can receive Social Security in the future. Um, So, you know, Social Security does not send out statements anymore. You want to go online and create your account at SSA.gov so that you can verify the income that your employer has reported to what you are showing on your W-2 to what Social Security has to make sure that that information is correct so that you're getting your credit. Um, There is a projected deficit that's supposed to happen with Social Security. Um, by I want to say 20, where there's no longer they're pulling from the surplus, there's going to be a deficit. So just for reference, right, when we pay our taxes, Social Security is one of the taxes that comes out of our paycheck. And before it used to be, I want to say it was 10 workers to one Social Security recipient. Baby Boomers is the largest group of folks that are drawing Social Security right now. Um, And now it's two workers to one Social Security recipient. That's how many people we have drawing Social Security. And it's taking a lot of money. You want to make sure that you're getting your credit so that you can get your Social Security. You want to make sure that, you know, you're keeping track of that information. And once you create your account on SSA.gov, you're able to see what you're expected to receive from Social Security. And because that deficit is projected, they will let you know, hey, you're going to get 75 cents on the dollar of this amount so that they can make sure that they're still trying to pay those funds out to you in retirement. But, that information has to be updated. You have to be reporting that. No one's going to correct it. And if the window has closed, again, I think it's 2 or 3 years, you can't make any corrections. So you want to make sure that information is accurate so you're getting all of your credits. And that also happens if you have to go out on disability. Um how many credits you have will also impact how much of your social security benefit you can receive.
8: And you know another wow, thing too this is and I'm on information
2: no, you someone don't mentioned idea.
8: five million. Someone mentioned five million dollars. Shoot for ten. You know, even at minimum. And I'm just saying this. You know, you want to set your goals high. You tell your children to do that anyway. Minimum of ten million dollars in a regular savings account, and even at today's uh, low, low interest. You're talking about two hundred thousand dollars a year, which equates to about twenty five thousand dollars a month. And if it's two of you, that's twelve five a month. So uh, shoot high, and uh, let's put it in motion as soon as you say I do. Thank you, Montoya.
2: Hey, I appreciate it. i got got to say this, Brother Piyaki, I don't even know if you know this, but in five years of this show, this is only the second time that I know you and my co-host Latrice have lined up on something. (laughs) So I wanted to say it before I let you go. Uh, i got Latrice on the line, but I know you. Y'all are usually adversaries, whether y'all realize it or not. I'm pretty sure Latrice obviously knows this, but Brother Piorki, I just wanted to share. Uh, she absolutely was cool. I mean, I'm thinking, wow, he said, whoever that sister is who said this, and I was like, Brother Piorki and Latrice never agreed.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so that was pretty cool that that he loved your story, Latrice, and I'm pretty sure you're just as shocked as I am. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: No, that's pretty funny. But right before we go to the last break, um, I I really want to highlight what we were just talking about. I actually paid Brother Pierre for pointing it out because I wasn't familiar with what you were just talking about, Ashley. Um, So if I understand correctly, if nothing else, if you've tuned into this show, the one thing all of us need to do, I think I'm hearing this correctly now because I didn't know anything about this, is go to FFA.gov, set up an account, we got about a minute before we go to break. I don't know if you can answer it in a minute, but even when I set up an account and I see what I'm being offered, when you say I must verify, what does that look like? How do if I see something is incorrect, what do you can you give me an idea of what my next step might be, if you will, real
7: quick, Queen?
5: Yeah. So you want to compare your W-2s for the income that was reported on the Social Security website. And then if that's not correct, I believe there's paperwork that you have to complete. You'll probably, it'll probably be quicker and easier for you to go into an office. I can tell you right now the whole times for Social Security generally range from an hour to an hour and a half on the telephone. I know that because I've driven that time to get on the phone with a representative. Um, but you want to verify that information. You want to have your W-2s. You want to get any paperwork that they're requiring, which will be available on the website, and take that in so that they can go ahead and get that corrected.
2: Wow, nah, that's great information. I definitely appreciate, you know, appreciate that. If nothing else, we are, I guess, our last break. Listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. But all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. full-service design agency with tools available to help clients communicate with audiences through visual and digital media so what exactly does that mean you need graphic design called big Sis media you need web design called big sys media you need audio or video production called big sys media you need a branded strategy for your business called big Sis media Damn, they do everything, don't they? Nope, even better, they're professionals. Whatever service you need, they do a consultation, send over a contract with a deadline, and meet that deadline. A true one-stop shop for all your digital and media needs, all at an affordable price. What's their website and phone number? BigSysMediaGroup.com. 404-465-4348. Again, that's BigSysMediaGroup.com. Call them at 404 My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group, focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all the radio, please contact me. Individually, if you want to keep the return of Intelligent Radio on the air, we definitely need your support. It is not free for us to offer this to you every Saturday, so please go to com and become a supporter. If you're outside of Atlanta, you can pick higher levels if you choose. If you're in Atlanta, consider becoming a member. Take part in our Mental Dialogue live experience every third Friday at Urban Grind. Uh, This afternoon, if you are in the Atlanta area and don't have any plans, please join us for the Black Debonneers. Uh, Myself and the Mensa Dialogue Community Club, if you will, have been honored uh, at the Black Dot Cultural Center at 7 o'clock. These sisters have put together uh, this program they do every month where they honor different black men particularly that are helping in the community. So I'm definitely honored to be invited out there. This evening, again, if you're in the Atlanta area, look up the Black Dot Cultural Center and come out for the Black Days at 7 o'clock today. This morning's discussion question, what are your greatest fears when it comes to money? seems like we have some people on the phone line. Just make sure if you're out there trying to get in, you do have to press 1. We have people who listen via the phone line, so I don't want to just bring you on the air unless you intend to. You do have to press 1 to let us know you're trying to speak. If you're on the – we only have a few more minutes with our special guest, Ashley thomas Uh, personal finance coach. The number to get in is 646-787-1691. So again, if you have a question, please get it in. But I've thoroughly been enjoying this discussion question this morning, what are your greatest fears when it comes to money? I just remember having this uh, one thought of how much fear can stagnate us when it comes to uh, improving or even understanding our finances. I remember having a family member, and this is Maybe not directly, it's related in a, in a way, but it just lets me understand how much, in a sense, fear can drive us. So I remember having a family member. I'm from a two-stop light town, small town in South Carolina, but I remember having a family member once. Uh, we were trying to had a check. We were trying to get by the bank, and they were overly concerned with uh, getting to the bank before it closed to get the check and things of this nature. And based on our schedule that day, we were, we missed it. And it was when I realized it was just a matter of getting money out, and he was, was trying to make a transaction for something, for something that was needed, and it was a matter of getting the money out. And I was confused because I was like, "Well, the bank's closed, no big deal. Let's go to the ATM." And come to realize, family member had an ATM card for years, had never. Use one and always, you know, grew up at a time before you used ATM cars, if that makes sense, and basically just had a fear of getting money that way. And so was, in their mind determined they couldn't even get access to money because of fear of using that car. It was just something that crossed my mind when we asked this question this morning, what are your greatest fears when it comes to money? And that example, I think, is you know, it may seem weird to those of us who are used to using an ATM, but it's a lot of us walking around with small fears that are controlling and driving our lack of improvement. And I'm not, not that using an ATM would improve your finances, but I just think it's a, a poignant example of how much fear can drive you when it comes to our finances. Um, Ashley, any thoughts on, again, let me just bring that example to the table because I thought of it going into this morning's show.
5: Yeah, you know, there's it takes courage to change your finances because again it it's it's really just math, right? addition and subtraction. Um but what you're really up against is your mindset. What you're really up against is your thought process. And until you're ready to address those things and do so honestly, um you're really limiting yourself, right? You you don't have to just make money through stocks. You don't have to um, just save your money in saving accounts. There's there's a lot of different ways to make money now. There's a lot of different ways that you can do things. You know, even looking at, like, PayPal was a big thing, being able to spend money. And now there's Cash App and Zelle and all these different ways to transfer money to folks. Um, you, you can't let the fear stop you it is very scary right but what are you missing on the other side of that fear um who could you be if you stop letting that fear control you and it that's not just money that's that's life in general right. um it is crippling you know and you have to want more for your future self than that fear that you have right now in the present it's going to take um Nights that you're crying is going to take times that you have to say no. Um, one thing that my finance journey taught me is that it's okay to be selfish. You have to be selfish, very selfish to change your finances because yourself has to be that top priority. And often, especially in our community, we're not top priority. And you have to make yourself mm-hmm. a top priority in order to, to get things together. And it, it's not forever, temporary sacrifice. Um, but one thing that propelled me in my career was sometimes you have to take two steps back to go five steps forward. And if you're not willing to go backwards to move forward to get things right to to correct things along the way, you don't really want it. So what's going to make you want it? What's going to make you want to change?
2: No, this is strong. We actually got another caller that wants to jump in. Let's jump to the caller real quick. Area code 502 last three two eight three. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and give us your three cents or ask a question on this morning's discussion question.
7: Hey, Montoya, this is Brent. How you doing, man?
2: Hey, what's up, b Thanks a lot for calling in. What Can you, got, you hear me
7: okay? Man?
2: Yeah, you're coming through clear. Go ahead, King.
7: Yeah, and she touched on uh, one of uh, I appreciate your guest being – I think it was Ms. Thomas. Um, appreciate you being there. I think you're putting out some really good info. You touched on one of the things I was thinking, uh, success in general, whatever you're talking about, sometimes there's fear associated with that because a fear of asking what steps do we need to take to be successful, you know, because then if I know I actually have to do it. And I think and and we can't be ignorant about it anymore, you know, or naive, I should say. But, you know, one of my questions was, what what her thoughts were on cuz one of the one of your your callers called in and asked you know how do I get with somebody you know who do I talk to about setting up a plan mm-hmm. how do you feel about all these calculators that are out here that um help you set yourself up and say I'm making this much money if I want to save the 10 million 5 million or whatever then this is what I need to start doing right now at 40 years old 20 years old there was a, a and I after this I'll let you let you uh I'll hang up and listen. But the um when I was in college my mother handed me a sheet of a worksheet and uh many you've probably seen or heard of something like this before but it it had the age from zero to uh uh eighty I think it was but it showed from if you started saving two thousand dollars a year and the age, as soon as you were born, your parents started saving $2,000 a year for you. Every year, you would have $4 million by the time you retired at uh, 65, something like that, at 8% growth. If you waited until you were 30, that was cut down to, like, $900,000. You know what I mean? So um, the earlier we start, I'm sure you guys have touched on that point, is it, obviously – really important but i wonder about you know seeing what we need to be success how you feel about a calculator that tells us this is exactly how much or not exactly but big picture what we need to be doing to be successful in our financial goals? hey thanks for that
2: question
7: Brent.
5: i love calculators right i think that they're a wonderful tool that's all it is is a tool um, you know, unfortunately, there's nothing that's guaranteed. But those tools are fantastic because people get paralyzed in the stage of I don't know what to do next, right? Just like what you mentioned, it's that fear. And so, if you have something that tells you this is how much you need to save, you might not be able to save two thousand dollars a year. But if you know that two thousand is your goal, save five hundred, save. $75, save $1,000 until you get to that 2000 And then you go back to that tool and you find out what the numbers are now. Um, so I'm a chartered retirement planning counselor, and that just means that I've done work to, you know, help folks with retirement. And one of the things that they highlighted is that for a person that's going into the workforce in their 20s, they need to be saving um, about 15% to be able to replace 70% of their income in retirement. Um, For someone that is in their 40s, that number jumps up to, like, over 20% that they have to be saving just to replace um, a, a low percentage of their income in retirement. So if you have a tool that can get you on track, that can get you motivated, that can give you an idea of what you need to do, You do that and you run with it until you find out more, right? That's the thing that's so great about learning and getting the knowledge is that once you learn the next thing to do, then you apply that. You don't stick with the one thing and just only move with that. Now you know that I need to be saving $2,000. Okay, great. Now, saving $2,000 alone, I mean, that's flat math. That's only going to get you a certain amount and a certain, you know, over a certain amount of time, but what else can you do to make that $2,000 work harder? Does it mean that you need to have a higher savings uh, uh, interest rate that's being paid to you? Does it mean that you need to invest it? Use those tools to create other opportunities and find other ways to make your money work for you. But calculators are great because they, they open up the horizon. They open up the possibility for
2: you. No, that's a great um, – thank you for that question, Brett. I think that's a great thing to, to kind of even – we'll say we'll say end with just from the standpoint of any time that we're talking about finances when it comes to uh, the Mr. Dialogue Community Club, something financial advisor Harvey Macklin always says is quite often we're navigating our finances without a destination. And so, mm-hmm. so you can't get to a destination. So if you create a destination, one of those calculators will absolutely show you. Will at least let you, like like you said, actually let you look at the number that you should be striving for. And so now you can take right. actionable actions towards that goal. So that's just something that came to my mind when he offered another tool that's easily available now on the internet, whereas years ago. You might have to go to somebody who could tell you. Now you can just go on the internet. Mm-hmm. So sounds good, uh, Latrice. Any quick thoughts from you? We're gonna let Ashley close us out. We got about a minute and a half to close out. So anything real quick from you, Latrice? And we'll let Ashley give out any information she wants to give to the public. Latrice, is Um. No. Go ahead on and let uh-huh.
3: Ashley give her info out.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, we got about a minute, Ashley. So, yeah, thank you so much. You were wonderful today. Uh, any information you want to share as far as how people might be able to contact you? Because I think they see you are the expert. I try to bring vetted people to the <laughs> uh, community club. So, I thank you so much for, for being with us this morning. Go ahead, Queen.
5: Yeah, so I am on Instagram and Facebook at Making Money Matter, LLC. Um, my website, www.makingmoneymatter.org. Um, all of my contact information is on those websites. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is one quote that I want to close the this, this show out with. Is, uh, it's by Joe Biden. It says, don't tell me what you value. Show me your budget and I'll tell you what you value. Um, You have to get your money together so that it reflects the things that you value and and what's really important to you. And until you do that, you know, it's pretty hard to get your finances, get yourself going in the
2: right direction. I love it. All I ask is that you think. See y'all next Saturday.